Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Our differentiation is that we understand how to navigate this three-legged stool of what can delight the SaaS partner, what can delight their merchants themselves, and then what can delight the SaaS company's investors. And if you focus on all three of those and you create a frictionless environment for these SaaS companies to interact without having to jump out into some third-party software or some third-party payment platform that isn't white-labeled, you're just creating stickier relationships. And I think that we do that as good, if not better than anybody else in the marketplace. That was Eric Frazier, the CEO of Payrix, and he is our special guest this week. This is episode 110 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Eric is a Columbus, Ohio native, a hardcore Buckeye fan, a golf fanatic, and has been in the payments industry for 20 years. He's worked for large companies as well as founded or co-founded five companies. He's passionate about building a company culture that innovates and ideates. Payrix is a 110-person payment facilitation company that is focused on helping vertically focused software platforms drive more revenue and reduce friction for their end customers. They will be delivering over $100 million in payouts to their SaaS partners over the next 12 months. Over the next several years, Eric sees payment facilitation companies growing internationally as well as starting to embed other financial services products. We've got a great episode today, so let's get started. Hi, Eric. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Greg, nice to talk to you as always. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. You got it. Uh, First and foremost, I'm a widowed father of two wonderful children who are doing great, charting their course in life. I was born and raised in the great city of Columbus, Ohio. Therefore, I'm a hardcore Buckeye. I was kind of known as the high school and college baseball player and When that didn't pan out, I got my bachelor's in science and accounting from the Ohio State University. I went on to get my MBA. So deeply rooted in finance, but I've made most of my uh, living for the last 30 years in and around business development. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. And I kind of have straddled in my career working for big firms like JP Morgan Chase, Royal Bank of Scotland, as well as founding or co-founding five other companies myself. I get the high level of who I am. Okay. Yeah, we'll dive deeper into some of that in a minute when we talk about uh, your professional journey. Well, let's talk about Payrix. So tell us what Payrix does. Sure. Payrix is a 110-person entrepreneurial end-to-end payment facilitator. We focus on vertically focused software platforms. And what we're trying to do is to maximize revenue for our software partners while drastically reducing friction for their customers. We're enabling SaaS companies to look more like a payments company. And I've been in payments for over two decades. And I think payment facilitation is currently the most interesting payments-related vertical in the payments landscape as we are disrupting traditional distribution and other forms of payments. It's really an exciting time. We're, we're fueling and growing and transforming 
the client lifecycle journey for a lot of SaaS companies. And I guess I would say we're a hot company in a hot space. We're usually trying to be very humble, but just to be full disclosure, you know, we've sold, it's a six-year-old company and we've sold 50% of our customers in the last six months. So we're kind of on a very high, fast trajectory. We just got recently recognized as a Inc. 5000 fast growth company. And the best way to say it is when our partners grow, we grow and we're kind of in it together. So it's really a fun journey with a fun company. We're backed by Blue Star Innovation Partners and Providence Strategic Growth Equity. I'm also an investor in Blue Star Innovation Partners. So we're a private equity backed, fast growing payment facilitation company. And in terms of what we offer, we, we offer a single platform and portal that spans both what we call our Payrix Pro platform and our Payrix Premium platform. One is an infrastructure as a service and the other is a full-blown payfac where we take on all the payfac responsibilities. And it's, you know, it's an end-to-end payment servicing and management a platform. We handle everything from onboarding. We have an industry-leading risk and compliance team. And we're just trying to do the heavy lifting for our partners so that they don't have to do it. And when done right, it's really a beautiful thing because it's very lucrative for our partners. And with the multiples that they're receiving in their marketplaces, a lot of payments revenue coming through in a recurring manner is, is a great way for them to build their, their balance sheet and their P&L. Okay. And you mentioned vertical software. Are there certain verticals that make more sense than others? Yeah. And in our side, again, the reason we focus on vertical versus horizontal companies, we like things like field services and in other companies that are mobile-based. Healthcare is a big vertical for us, but you have to get in kind of a rhythm and a hum in individual verticals so that you can onboard them in a manner that you've done it before and you understand that you can ramp them faster or that you understand their risk profile. And so on a daily and hourly basis, again, you can get in a rhythm of being an expert inside of those verticals. So we have about 14 deep vertical markets that we focus on on a daily basis. It doesn't mean that we don't process for some horizontal software companies. We do, but our ideal customer profile and who we chase within our total addressable market are vertically focused software companies. Okay. And do you go to market through a direct sales force and partners or one or the other? Yeah, great question. Which is when I mentioned that we're in the midst of disrupting the payment space, well, the biggest disruption is in the way that we go to market and how we go ahead and aggregate merchants and our partners. I worked for First Data for years. And you know, you think of the big payment houses in our country, it's been thousands and in fact, tens of thousands of direct sellers, ISOs, sub-ISOs going out and banging on doors of restaurants or pizza shops or whatever it may be. What we're doing is we're partnering with the most interesting SaaS companies through a direct selling model through our sellers. We don't use anybody else. The only exception to that is because of my relationships and many of our executives' relationships in this space, we have alliances, small a, not capital A, alliances and strategic relationships where private equity firms who are backing 
hundreds of really interesting SaaS software companies. We do strike relationships with them where they'll call us up and say, hey, we've got a really interesting company that is sub-optimizing their payment stream. And can you come in and, and really kind of like a friend in the business? And we usually start off and kind of do a consultative exercise to see what they're doing and how's it going. And then if there's a good fit, we jump in with the vigor. So we sell direct in all cases with the exception of some referred deals to us through private equity firms. Okay. What would you say differentiates Payrix from the competitors out there? Yeah. I like your questions, Greg. Um, I would say that we're the only company that's providing an end-to-end full payment solution, both on infrastructure as a service and managed payback and PFAS product all in one comprehensive platform. Many of my competitors, great companies run by great people, they do have to offload different things. They either, they don't own a gateway or they have to go to some third party for their actual processing. And in a variety of other kind of non-internally managed features. I think that that gives us a leg up because when we own everything, there's just a variety of benefits. One is we have this process that we call crawl, walk, run, which is we offer this Payrix Pro solution to where somebody says, I want to be a payment facilitator. Then they find out all of the heavy lifting that they would have to do, whether it be the IT resources, the risk resources, people to manage the business, they would have to go and get uh, certified through Visa and MasterCard, which takes six months. And so a lot of times they'll use our Payrix Pro solution to where we actually are the payment facilitator, but it's like the introductory model and they get the benefits of, of us and they don't have to register as a full-blown payback. And then that same platform that we use to run that business, it's our own tech. We don't offload anything. It's all under one platform. You then get the benefit of that because if you then journey from Payrix Pro to Payrix Premium, where you take on the full-blown PayFact, we are the power user of our own software, and then we license that same software to our customers. And so every step of the journey, they're still using the same platform. And it's really, really slick. And I think we have an unparalleled understanding of the workflows because we are the power user of our own tech. And the functionality, the security, the peace of mind of having everything under our one platform is really what's resonating. And not to talk too much on a metric side, but we will be delivering in excess of $100 million in partner payments over the next 12 months. And that's really exciting because a lot of these SaaS companies are already in the process of getting very high valuations in their own fields. And when you can deliver another stream of revenue that is recurring in nature payments, which gets a very high multiple. These companies are using this as growth engines and it's really exciting. So I guess the way I would look at it is our differentiation is that we understand how to navigate this three-legged stool of what can delight the SaaS partner what can delight their merchants themselves, and then what can delight the SaaS company's investors. And if you focus on all three of those and you create a frictionless environment for these SaaS companies to interact without having to jump out into some third-party software or some third-party payment platform that isn't white-labeled, you're just creating stickier relationships. And I think that we do that as good, if not better, than anybody else in the marketplace. 
Okay. I like the thought of the, the crawl, walk, run. What or how does a software company determine where they fit and how they graduate from sort of one product to the next? How do they know when they're ready to move on or do you guys help them with that? Yeah. And it's, we obviously have customers in both our Payrix Pro and, and Payrix Premium ecosystems. But really, I, I would say as a general rule, and you know, when you generalize, it's not always the case, but generally speaking, a mid-sized to a little bit larger company has already had a dalliance with a stripe and maybe they're not receiving good economics or maybe it's not white labeled or they're not getting some configuration tools that they need. They don't get the portal that they need. Maybe a little bit of the larger, not super large enterprise, Greg, but you know what I mean? Like the just above the SMB and the middle market companies, usually they have somebody that's been in the payment space for a while. So they'll say, we want to become a full-blown payfac. And then we bring them in. We show them our software. We say, you can go this route on Payrix Pro, this route on Payrix Premium. And as they dive deeper and deeper, invariably, I would say about eight and a half to nine out of 10 times, they say, well, since it is seamless, let's start with Payrix Pro and that'll get us to market quicker. In some cases, as quick as two or three weeks, we can get up and running versus if they are not a full-blown payback and they wanted to go Payrix Premium, it's going to take a, a while for them to go through the necessary requirements. So I would say SMB plus and then middle market, they usually start to say that they want to be a full-blown payback and then 90% of the time they end up being Payrix Pro. On the, on the true SMBs, they usually are just trying to get their feet wet. And so Payrix Pro is almost the solution almost every time. Now, as we go along, I think on the economic front, it usually is around $750 million to a billion dollars in bank card volume becomes that time when the unit economics makes sense for them to take on, let's say, a team of five or six people and then for them to get a little bit of a discounted rate because if they're doing a variety of things, really at that point, I'm providing they're certified and I'm giving them, I'm, I almost serve as like a gateway and they're paying me a subscription fee for my software because they're, they're handling everything. So I think that the journey is we have our eyes wide open. There's pros and cons what you can do, but from us, the unit economics are, are nice and we're delighted with customers in both fields, both ecosystems. So we're not trying to push you into one or the other. Our solution is great on both sides. Okay. And where do you see the payments industry heading, say, in the next two to three years? And and you can answer it from a broad payments industry perspective, or you could even answer it from a payment facilitation SaaS software perspective, whichever or both, however you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Great question. Maybe just on since we're on PayFact for a minute, I'll speak to that first and then and I'll speak overall. And I started working for Chase Merchant Services in the year 2000. So it's literally been 20 years of working for the biggest payment houses. And, and there's pros and cons to all sizes and shapes and colors of payments company. But in the payment facilitation and, and embedded payments industry, I think we're in our infancy. I think we're going to look back five years from now and the landscape will have matured and grown both in terms of our solution types. Many people are, are still trying to get different methods of payments, Apple Pay, Google Pay, trying to round out global solutions. We bought a company called Integra Pay that we call Payrix Australia now that services in Australia and New Zealand and over into Asia. And so I think everybody's kind of putting together these global solutions and we're certainly one of the largest and arguably the most interesting 
company in the payments uh, facilitation landscape. And we have less than 125 partners and less than 50,000 end merchants. So when you think of we've got less than 125 partners and there's somewhere in the vicinity of 7,000 in our identified TAM total addressable market, how can you not say that this marketplace is in its infancy in terms of penetrating small and mid-sized SaaS vertical market companies? And, And I think that every hour of every day, we're solving more complex use cases and processing in global environments. And how do you mix on-prem card present solutions with card not presence and emerging payment types? And I think the question is going to be over the next two to three years, who will be, let's call it the two or three global platforms that are trusted to process hundreds of billions of dollars to allow these software companies to monetize this piece that used to be a cost center and now it's a revenue center. So over the next two or three years, I think it's going to be about rounding out global solutions and really growing in complexity as the use cases become more complex. Then when you kind of look beyond that, let's say over the next five to 10 years, again, I think it's a very large land grab and the leading platforms will start to take on other embedded services. You'll have a payment facilitation rail that will have, let's call it two, three, maybe four companies that will each have a hundred billion dollars of volume flowing through. The ramp time of a company like Payrix going from where they were six years ago to a hundred billion in volume is facilitated again by that unique approach towards distribution and having signing up partners, and then those partners go out and aggregate their 50, 100, or 200,000 merchant IDs. So you're having these very fast-growing companies like Payrix, and you'll probably see, in addition to that land grab, you'll see them growing into banking or payroll or lending or whatever will be other embedded services. And you'll just be augmenting that through this channel. Payments in general, I think, The big transformation will continue to be those who are saying, this is how it is to be done. You need to shape your business processes and your end merchant's business processes to this finite little approach towards here's our API. The only way you can process is if you're two apples, a peach, and a pear, and you have to look exactly like that. I think the days of the big payment houses dictating the terms are certainly diminishing. And you see young companies that almost feel more like software companies in themselves, but they have deep-rooted understanding of subject matter expertise and payments. I think they're giving on a daily basis, they're giving a run for the money to the big payment houses. And so I believe you're going to see a disruption and you're going to continue to see tens of billions and hundreds of billions of volume being taken from the big share providers over the last 20 years into the more entrepreneurial providers like Payrix and others. When do you think consolidation in the Payfax space starts? Yeah, we're already seeing it, obviously. I mean, just in the last year, we bought a really interesting company ourselves in Integra Pay. So you're seeing companies. I think it's interesting what will be seen over the next couple of years because the M&A in this payfax space is going to be very interesting because the really large providers that you would think of that would have a natural tendency to want to buy payfax 
because they're just rolling up so many merchants and volume and the profitability is, is certainly fine in the marketplace. I'm not sure that some of these entrepreneurial companies will want to align themselves with some natural buyers. So I think it's going to be very strategic as you see what really are more along the lines of financial M&A where private equity firms are backing certain payments companies and then they're going to aggregate them. We have seen, I won't get into the names, but we also have seen a movement in M&A where a payments-related company is also being owned and aggregated up with some software companies in and of themselves. So you'll see, I believe, a consolidation of where a payment company is more closely aligned with books of business of software companies. And so you'll actually, you know, the dogs will be eating their own dog food where you have a payment company that actually owns software companies that are aggregating up tens or even a hundred billion dollars. And so the seamlessness of how we deliver services between our payments engine and the SaaS company, I believe will be reflected in M&A as well. Okay. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. So you've mentioned a few times about your 20 years in payments, but if you don't mind, can you kind of walk through that journey and how you got to be in the role of CEO there? Yeah. And I know you as a CEO, you'll identify with with some of this as well, other than maybe the first one, which was, is a little bit generous to say that I had a blue collar upbringing. I grew up in tough circumstances. And so I mentioned that just because when you grow up in a tough circumstance, I think you develop listening skills, you develop uh, verbal and nonverbal cues. And in my case, I just am obsessed and I love people so much that I think that I'm an extreme listener. I grew up in tech in the consulting and systems integration world. I, I was one of the original partners in a company called Convergent Group, which was a consulting systems integration company for government and investor-owned utilities. And I kind of honed my consulting skills. Again, a finance guy, an accounting guy, and an MBA. It's a little bit of a, an interesting journey that you take my financial services background, but I've made for 25 years, I've been in growing a high-performance sales engine. So you take the intersection of corporate finance and high-performance sales culture, and I think I've carved out a little bit of a unique journey in terms of understanding the P&L, the balance sheet, and the statement of cash flows, all from the lens of how can we grow this business profitably. So I think it's just been 20 years in payments, my background... Uh, everybody knows that I that I, I love to build fun, high performance cultures, and it's just mandatory within Payrix that you have a good sense of humor, that you like to ideate, and that you like to win and build lasting relationships. and And I think that culture, as well as obviously, I've, I've partnered with the lead investors in Payrix for many, many years, and and have built companies that had successful exits. So I I think it all came together where the right culture for growing this particular company, Payrix, is rooted in somewhere between being a consultative listener, both inside and outside the walls of our company, consulting with software companies to help them grow their business, and just kind of having a little bit of a unique position to really take control and, and 
and lead a really cool technology company that maybe wasn't funded to the level that was required to, to really grow and go to the next level. And I don't know, some of that sounds, it's way more than I normally talk about myself. I, I usually focus on the fact I've been incredibly lucky to get through life given where I started. But I think just treating people naturally, delivering results for investors, building high performance sales engines, and then just having a, a long track record and successful exits and payments companies is, uh, is why the board wanted me to be the CEO of this company. And Payrix, you said has been around six years how did Payrix start? It was I think it was, if I read right, it, it was an ISO to start with? Yeah. Some really cool guys were running the New York ISO. And they really, you know, when you think about how Amazon Web Services came about, not comparing our two companies, but Amazon was so proficient at something that they created a separate business out of it. And I think that's what, what Barak and and Benny and Daniel and the guys, the, the original founders of Payrix, what, what they did is they're a bunch of really clever guys, all focused on end customers, really passionate. And so they were in this ISO space and they saw an opportunity to build really cool technology. And they saw Payfac really earlier than a lot of people. The only issue with them was that they, I, in my opinion, they built it a little earlier, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs do. They built solutions that were ahead of their time. And I think people were still hesitant about payment facilitation. And so they kept building and building and it's almost like the market caught up to them. Even in my year as CEO, I've seen the tendency of companies calling us versus us calling them grow exponentially. Like we're not having to say, you need this. People are calling us on an hourly basis saying, we want this, can you talk to us? So they went from an ISO to a pay fact they had a couple of legacy businesses that they kept, but but they really were thought leaders. And I'm really proud of those guys and what they built. And, and they're on our board still, and they support me every hour of every day. And they're a bunch of clever guys. That's awesome. I always love to hear sort of the founding story because it's always interesting. What are some things that you're passionate about? So maybe one personal passion and one business passion. Yeah, sure. On the business side, everybody knows I have an open door policy. And what that means is everybody's got my cell phone. We do monthly all hands calls and, and I just give everybody access to me. And, and I think what people are usually asking me for is a form of mentoring because they do know that we work. Yes, we want it to be fun, but we work to provide for ourselves and our family. And so I think I'm very, very honest and I give very direct mentoring advice. And I really, I really like that. I think that's really fun to say. I've been on all sides of this. I grew up brutally poor. I understand what it's like to rise up on the come up. And I'm really interested in helping people, whether it be in their personal life or in the business life. And so I, I, I like taking whatever knowledge I've amassed on the professional side and, and trying to be a good leader. I surround myself internally. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but we, we have a no jerk policy at Payrix. So it doesn't matter if you're a high performance person. If, if, if you don't play well with others, you're just going to get blown out of the company because we are wanting to build something where everybody is respected. We're building a diverse company. I just like building cool company cultures. So not to sound hokey, but that is what it's about at Payrix. And, and then on the personal side, I... I'm all about family. I love my family dearly. We love to travel. I'm a golf fanatic. I'm a Buckeyes fanatic. But uh, above all, I guess I can't be right without saying I love food. But uh, I like to laugh. I like to surround myself with really good people. And it's family first. Okay. 
in this next question is kind of, I think some of what you just said is a great segue into this next question. And I started in payments in 2006, actually with Chase Payment Tech and sort of fell into the industry. I wasn't looking for a career in payments, but I haven't been able to get out. So I'm still here. And Today, kids are taking fintech courses in college. They're coming out of college and they are looking for a career in a hot industry. And here's payments in fintech with all this money being thrown at it and the cool technology in this industry. So what would your advice be to someone, say, coming out of college, they're looking at payments? What would you tell them they need to do to be successful? It's a great question. Well, I guess what I would say is, and I'll try to be brief here, is this particular space and the ecosystem of payment facilitation and embedded payments, it actually feels on the inside more like a SaaS software space versus a traditional payment space. And I think you need to look at it through this lens. Uh, over the last four years before I came to Payworks, I was the president of a business unit for a company called Entrado, which was is backed by Apollo. And really was a really cool enterprise collaboration zoom like company but instead of zoom for you know family gatherings or whatever it was really for Wells Fargo or the big uh, biotech houses and really taking on very large saas companies and so i understand the rhythm and the hum and i've started a saas software company of what that looks like and i think the space oozes for innovation and ideation that you typically find more of in SaaS software companies versus traditional payments. And, and I don't mean any disrespect to the traditional payments landscape because I've made my living in there for many years, but the industry is kind of littered with, with payments expertise. And I don't think that you can surround yourself with only those people. So I think having a diverse group of people around you, I think that you have to build a relationship with all different types I always say that you have to dare to look for a fresh perspective and inspiration from other industries. And I'm 57 years old and I've I've said it many times and I said it on our all hands call, which is at my age, if I'm not good at something, which there's a a myriad of, of things I'm not good at, I'm probably not going to get great at them between the years of 57 and 58 years old. So I think you need to amplify your strengths through others and then complement your weaknesses through others. So I think that as I tell my employees, when I get on them, sometimes I can say, I've only heard once in the last 30 days, one of you come to me and say my favorite words, which are, I was thinking about it and I I had a thought, you know, that ideation, that creativity, that is what's going to drive the innovation in this industry. And I don't think that that is necessarily going to come by exclusively by traditional payments people. So people that are up and comers and they're, they're interested in fintech, I think that the old phrase that experience is the key to everything is not going to be the case here. I think it's a mix of experience and payments and ideation from people that are really, really creative, hungry people that are looking through different lenses. Okay. Well, Eric, we've covered a lot of ground today about Payrix and about you and your personal journey and where you see the industry heading. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up? I would just say that uh, to the people that are out there and that are looking for a partner in the, in the industry, I know everybody. I, I know the people that run the other companies that we compete with every day and that we partner with. And there's a lot of really talented people out there. And I think the industry is growing nicely. And if you're in the market for 
growing your company and creating a new payments revenue stream to grow your company. I think there's some really cool companies out there. I think that we're one of them. And I hope for us to be to continue to be a leader and to be a really fun company to interact with in the years to come. And I'm just really proud of what we're building. And I think the best is yet to come. Okay. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate talking to you. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 